Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This week on Inside Illini Basketball, Scott Ritchie brings us up to date on where the Illini stand after their first five games. And I think it's where most people would have expected them to be. You know, Four wins against teams that they should beat and close loss to a really good Marquette team. Um, so they, they've made it through November basically unscathed. Um, the real question, the real tests, I think, come starting next month, which will be a big one for these Illini. Stay tuned for that and more on Inside Illini Basketball coming up right after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Ed Bond, your engineer for Illinois football and basketball and everything else in between. And I've been asked this morning by Mr. Rosso, the uh, the leader of the News Gazette, to sit in for him as he has some prior engagements. And he asked me if I could come and help Scott Ritchie with his podcast. And I said, that sounds like fun. Let's let's give it a whirl. So good morning, Scott. Here I am. Good morning, Ed. Thanks for filling in. And maybe without Jim here, we can like just actually just talk only about basketball on Inside Illini Basketball. Without, I mean, do we need to talk about football after no. after Saturday's game? Um, things are looking at least a little brighter on the basketball front. On the basketball side, that's for sure. Well, the Illini so far, uh, they're. What are we? Three and one. Four, four and one. Four and one after last night's victory, and uh, so things are looking are looking up on that front. And you know, not even counted in the four and one is that victory over number one Kansas, and they seem to be doing pretty well. Yeah, and again, like you can't count it because if you're not going to count the exhibition loss to EIU, right. uh, the, all those years ago, uh, can't count the win when it's a really good one. But that that was. That game was still, I think, the best Illinois has played this season. Um, just and then they had to 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 beat you know a team like Kansas, but you know, they haven't quite hit that level yet. Um, you know, they have four wins, obviously, but against four lower level opponents. You know, the one loss last week to Marquette, a number four team in the country for a reason. Very good. They yeah, are very good. And, and their point guard, you know, Tyler Kolek, you know, all American point guard, is. is Black and blue ankle didn't seem to hold him back, you know. In that game, uh, he basically did what he wanted, and Illinois you know, hung in there. But you know, it was lost a seven-point game. Uh, didn't really execute too well offensively down the stretch. But um, I think the way Sunday's game played out, just 
I mean, it was still probably a little closer than it should have been early. I mean, Southern kind of hung around. It was, it was a five-point game um, about two-thirds of the way through the first half, but then Terrence Shannon, as he has done um, several times this season, just sort of had his takeover moment, scored 11 straight points, um, 13 of Illinois' last 16 in, to, to end the first half, and, and it became kind of the blowout everyone thought it would be. And, you know, that's what they wound up doing against Valpo on Friday. Um and you know against the IU in the opener like so they've taken they've won the games that they're supposed to win but they may haven't played like this complete 40 minute game yet like they did against Kansas so we we've seen it it can it can happen they just maybe haven't risen to the occasion against teams that they can beat when they're not at their absolute best i saw some uh, stats and if you look at the scores of the games the four previous games illinois started out with a pretty big hole and I had to climb out of it. Um, last night they didn't get it in the big hole uh, as as bad and have to come out of it. So maybe there's improvement there. I, yeah, I mean there was a stretch of games there where, even dating back to last season, like after the first five minutes, Illinois has been trailing. Like in basically you know all the games this year, and then um, you know big chunk you know, at the end of last season. So it's. The slow starts are not, you know, an isolated incident. That's just something this particular team, and you know, there are some similarities personnel-wise to last year that, that that they've dealt with. But I think you know they trailed for f- like forty-nine seconds, yeah, you know, against Southern. So they were better at the beginning. They weren't great. I mean, turnovers were an issue early, and then continually. I mean, they had twenty-one for the game, um, but yeah, like they didn't have. Like Terrence Shannon's takeover just meant you know a so- somewhat close game just became you know a, a, a at one point like a twenty point lead in the first half and like that that's what should happen when Illinois who's you know, ranked in the top twenty five and they still are as of now um, the AP has apparently flipped things and releasing the women's poll at eleven and the men's poll at noon now so we don't know if Illinois is still ranked they should be like um, maybe they drop a spot because they lost Marquette, but I didn't move them on my ballot because, I mean, they played the number four team and lost a seven-point game. game. Like, it's some voters will probably drop them because, you know, they operate. If you lose, you go down no matter what, but I don't know. There has to be some context in these things. Last night's game against Southern, towards the end of the game, uh, it seemed like we ought to cheer for the clock and get it over because people were falling down quite a bit. Are, are we entering a, a point guard injury problem now, or where do you think we are with that? Well, I think I mean it's a problem because the only actual point guard on the roster, like like who is a point guard, not just uh, a player that is being asked to be a point guard, uh, Nico Moretti, um, went down at the end of the first half, a, a collision with Terrence Chan, and they were both going all out trying to stop a, a fast break by Southern, and there was a collision there. And Nico is um, a rather slight gentleman. Um, Terrence Shannon is a freight train. And it, so they collided, and Terrence actually stepped on Nico's right foot. Um, and you know, he was helped right off the court and back to the locker room. There was no, you know, sitting on the end of the bench to see if he was good to go. Like they went and treated it immediately. He came back in a boot on his right foot. And we'll find out. What the the injury is, may how long he might be out? Probably Wednesday when we talk to Brad Underwood again. But like foot injuries are tricky, um, and like if Terrence like stepped on the top of his foot, like that, 
it's at minimum like bruised severely, but like that can also like you know those all those little bones in your feet like you know they can you know, even a, a hairline fracture in that's gonna you know if that's yeah, the case it takes forever to heal. I mean those are those are tricky and like foot injuries in general for basketball players like you're just they're running so much and they're just pounding on their feet like those are tough to come back from like Luke Goody Luke last year was yeah. out almost the entire year kind of a. Just from the way Luke talked about it, obviously no one saw that injury happen because it was in the not-so-secret scrimmage. Um, but just the way he talked about it, kind of a similar type incident. Now, don't know you know, the, the long-term prognosis for Nico, but even with the boot, yeah, he can't because he was back on the bench at the end of the game, and when he was walking off, like he was still like walking very gingerly, you know, even with, I mean, in those boots. Boot. Yeah, like in that, those are you know, pretty substantial pieces of you know, equipment, equipment right. and he was still kind of just hobbling along and then even like Dre Gibbs Lawhorn went down late in that game and had to be helped off by Imani Hansberry so need to get an update on him as well but uh yeah there's like Nico Meredi like showed some stuff as a point guard like he kind of showed like what a actual point guard can mean for an offense and now he worked out with the team all last year and yeah because he, he came uh, in January and rolled early uh, technically um, but yeah, so he spent, you know, whatever that six, ten, eight months, nine, ten months before like practices started for this year, just learning and you know, learning the offense, getting you know strong as he can with Adam Fletcher because again, not a not a big dude, but like he has played really well against the lower level opponents this year. He didn't play at all against Marquette. Um, only played a couple minutes against Kansas, but. Um, I think there's going to be a time when Illinois is going to need someone that can play like he can play, you know, up tempo, but without letting it affect how he sees the game um, and how he, you know, can be that just floor general point guard that's maybe not looking to score all the time, but he he did attack the basket pretty well. Um, but just the guy that can run an offense, and if he's hurt, that that could that could be tough for Illinois because I mean, Ty Rogers is not a point guard. Um, he didn't he hasn't really played all that much. Through the first five games, and just maybe not as much as I expected. And like Marcus Damask has the ball in his hands a lot. Terrence Shannon was the nominal point guard a lot last night. Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be the kind of the lingering point guard question all season. All right, now the other uh, guy is uh, Coleman Hawkins. He's been out for a couple games with what they're describing as tendonitis in the knees, I believe. And what is the the outlook you know, with him or without him, and where are we going with him? I mean, this is the best time in you know this particular season for him to maybe not be available and maybe just need to rest because um, only plays once this week on Friday and then doesn't play again till December second, you know, at Rutgers. So there's time for him. I don't think he'll play Friday. Like I think they can beat Western without him. I, I don't so. He could use the stretch to just let that knee get healthy because tendonitis, that's a its a lingering type of injury. Um, and, like, he played through some of that, I think, because even back to the Kansas exhibition, like when he came off the court on the bench, like he they'd put a, a brace on his – I'm trying to think which knee it was – his left knee that had, had looked like what I would assume was like one of the electrical stimulus devices because mm. um, it had this big knob on it. Um, and – after practice last week, like he had, you know, a guy strapped to his leg, and you could see the wires running to, 
to us. So, I mean, the treatment is ongoing, has been, but I think they took this opportunity with you know, games against Valpo, um, Southern, and now you know, Western Illinois coming up this week to just let's sit him, let him get healthy, because they'll need him in December, I think. Because um, he hasn't played great. And I think, you know, maybe not being totally healthy, maybe not being able to move quite as as well as he typically is able to has, has hurt him. Um, but he, he hasn't been very good. Like, he was good against Kansas and then has not been good since. Um, and just taking a lot of threes, not making them. I, th- I mean, Illinois is better with Coleman Hawkins on the court, but only if it's the Coleman Hawkins that does what he does best like he can be that versatile piece and, he's but he's got to be 100 percent maybe yeah. do it and but he, he he's best when he's not trying to do too much either and there's been some times this season where he over dribbles or takes a maybe an ill-advised three or doesn't take a shot when he's wide open and tries to you know maybe you know make a pass that's just like okay i mean that, that could be a good play but you're open shoot it um May cross your fingers it goes in, cause, but that's the case with everybody like not named Luke Goody and Terrence Shannon because um, those two can make the threes. Everyone else is kind of still scuffling a little bit. But need Coleman healthy. Need him to just sort of settle into kind of the, the role he filled last year. I know you know it's, he's not been consistent. Like consistency has been his his battle his his whole career. But like when he's at his best, like he's good, and they can win games because of that. Um, but just need to tap into that more often. Okay, another guy, the junior, coming off the injury last year, Luke Goody. He's uh, putting up a good number of threes and making them now the past made, couple games. He made 11 threes in his last three games. He's shooting 47% for the season. He's like 14 of 30, I think. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the end of the year and like he's Illinois' second-leading scorer behind Terrence Shannon. Um, mm. And Brad Underwood... I think as mentioned after every game, is like need to get Luke more shots. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they go about that. There was some talk before the season, was like you know run him off of screens, you know get him moving around a lot, um, just to you know, help him create separation, get get looks because he's shown he can knock them down. Like the the sample size was small during his freshman year because he just he had a small role off the bench, and then last year obviously he missed two thirds of the season. You know coming back off that foot injury and surgery, but he he knocked down his threes. Like, he's shown he's capable. Um, one of, again, to be honest, one of the few on this team that is like, if he shoots, like, okay, like, that's that's, a, that's an acceptable shot. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Brad is right. Like, get him more shots because he's making them at a clip that nobody else on this team is. Is Brad Underwood, is he uh, more upset than usual, more angry than usual, or what? What's going on in his head, do you think? Um, there were some moments last night where he just didn't like what he was seeing. But I think, like last night's game, the Eastern game, Valpo game, those are maybe some of his favorites because like, they get the win that they, should, that they should get, but there are enough issues that pop up where he can hammer them in practice. It's like, you're not good enough yet. Because um, like, if they... Do make some of the mistakes they made against Southern, especially just kind of the sloppy nature of some of those turnovers. Like you do that against like Rutgers in the Big Ten opener, you're gonna lose at the Chapersoid of Terror. I mean, you do that. I mean, Florida Atlantic just lost at home to Bryant over the weekend, and that's a 
awful, awful loss. But like, if you make those similar mistakes against them, like they've got good players. They went to the Final Four last year, and we're going to see Florida Atlantic, yeah, com- coming up. And it's coming up. So like, if you make those mistakes, like they'll beat you. Like the, the, the December is going to really, I think, tell us what this Illinois team is because like. This month they played Marquette. That's a really good opponent, but like that's the only one. December, like all the teams they play in December are good, and like can't mess around. Yeah, we have that trip to Missouri in there. Uh, yeah, though Missouri, Missouri just lost to a uh, previously winless Jackson State, and they're also down twenty at Minnesota before Minnesota just epically collapsed. So Missouri's got, I don't know, it's not their best team, but like for that matchup. At least in the Underwood era, and I understand at the beginning of that why, but like Missouri like treats that game as like the national championship. Illinois has maybe not, and I know like early like Jeremiah Tillman, uh, Javon Pickett, like Mark Smith, like they all had reasons for wanting to beat Illinois. Illinois needs to find their reason to beat Missouri, and it could be like because they lost by a million points last year. Like they they were not competitive last year in bragging rights. And they've had several of those games against Missouri, um, so yeah, it's a can't, can't the lose Missouri a game. series at St. Louis is interesting because it goes in streaks. I mean, four games, eight games, it's been that way yeah. for a long time. Missouri's on one of those right now. But like, since you want about John Gross, like he put some importance on that game and he won it quite a bit. I mean, that, that was one of those streaks. I think they won four in a row. Right. Um, so I don't know, just. There's a, I know there's a tendency from coaches to treat every game the same, but like some of these just have a little more juice, and fans will remember getting blown out against Missouri. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean that, I don't know how much coaches truly care about that, but because they'll still show, fans will still show up. But like, you know, you just a little better effort. Illinois will only have one Big Ten conference game in the month of December, and that'll be. Combined with that trip to uh, Madison Square Garden, we'll, but we'll play Rutgers at the rack uh, at their home uh, home facility. But looking at the Big Ten overall, where is the Big Ten? Now, Michigan State has had a couple, you know, eyebrow raising losses, and last night UConn took care of Indiana in a big time way. Yeah. So where and Purdue? Where do they stack up? Purdue, I mean, Purdue will be tested this week. They haven't really played anybody, but they're out in, well, not Maui. They're in Honolulu, cause, but at the Maui Invite, and it's the best Maui field of all time. There. And Kansas is out there. Kansas is out there. Marquette's out there. UCLA is out there. Um, Tennessee is out there. Gonzaga's out there. Like, And then, you know, poor Syracuse is also involved. And then Chaminade, also poor, poor Chaminade. Like, he has to travel from Maui to Honolulu. Oh, yeah, but like, so this is... Because it's every other year, Chaminade is in it. That they've changed that, right? Um, so this is one of their years. But you know, they, you know, Division two school did obviously have the like one of the biggest wins in college basketball ever when they beat Virginia and Ralph Sampson way back, you know, way back when. But uh, going to run into a buzzsaw this week. So Purdue will be tested. They'll actually they'll we'll see what they are. But the rest of the Big Ten, I don't know, it kind of stinks. <laughs> like Maryland um, lost back to back games to Davidson and UAB. Indiana, like, was, I think, fortunate not to lose home games to Florida Gulf Coast and Army. Uh, like, those, that, that almost happened. Um, Michigan lost a home game to Long Beach State, and they had played better, I think, than a lot of people anticipated. You know, got a, 
really sort of dominant win against St. John's at the Garden. Um, like, yeah, it's it's been a tough first month for the Big Ten, um, just in terms of a team like Michigan State not living up to expectations. You know, lost to James Madison, and then um, lost to Duke in the Champions Classic, and that, that's fine. Duke's good, but because um, Brad Underwood talked for several years about how the Big Ten was the best conference in the country, and like he was right. And but it's not the case anymore. Like it, it slipped. Um, Wisconsin got run out of the gym almost by Providence. Like all really? yeah. Um, not every team in the Big Ten has. I guess I mean Illinois is. I think I think the season's played out how most people maybe thought it would. You know, well, the loss to Marquette's not wasn't surprising. Um, it's not the end of the world at this yeah. point. But like a lot of the Big Ten teams have taken some just ugly losses. I think I think we're we're playing out. I can just see it happening again, like last season, where maybe I think Purdue is still the best team. They're at the top, and then maybe Minnesota's at the bottom, and everyone else is in the middle, somewhere between seven and eleven conference wins. Just be another goofy season like last year. All right. Well, we're at the start of a very busy week that has the national holiday thrown in the middle of it. So what do you think the plans are for um, the Illinois basketball team as we, we come into Thanksgiving week and play again on, on Sunday against, or um, Friday against Western? Well, I mean, uh, the, the good thing about this week, and they'll take some time on Thursday to you know, have a, a Thanksgiving meal together, and then we'll probably practice before that because there's no practicing after everybody's down to turkey and is sleepy but like that they can just practice like they don't really there's not they had three games last week so that was a lot of game prep not not like practice like let's work on some stuff and that was intentionally done yeah to have a a busy schedule so like they can just focus on themselves a little bit this week and then that's the same for next week um so they got this stretch here really two weeks where they play twice um on a Friday and then a, the Saturday after that. Um, so I think that, that that's good, especially going into that stretch in December where, like, every team they play. And I'm, I'm, I'm including, you know, a home game against Colgate in there because Colgate almost beat Syracuse for the third straight year, was up 20 in the second half before a miracle comeback by the Orange. Um, they're going to come – Colgate will come in here and make a – 103s. I mean, not that many, but like they're a really good shooting team. Fairleigh Dickinson at the end of the month of December, like they beat Purdue in the NCAA tournament. Like the t- that that team has changed a little bit, but like they're not a cakewalk. Like maybe these first first several um, low major opponents were. Um, so I think this week and next week, just to I don't know, like iron out the wrinkles that, and there are some. Um, Offensive execution, turnovers. They they addressed rebounding heading into this past weekend, and they had like 110 rebounds in two games. So they they figured that one out. Um, so yeah, there there are some other issues to address, and they've got the time, which I think is, is beneficial. So five games into the season, four and one. What overall do you think we should be uh, worried about, and what's going well? Well, what's going well is Terrence Chan- like Illinois is going to have the best player on the court almost every time they they play. Terrence Shannon is 
is that guy. Um, he's got, what, three 20-point games in a row, 20-plus-point games. Um, he's playing really good defense. And, like, that, that's an advantage. They just need – eventually they're going to just need more than Terrence um, against the, the better teams that they will play. And I think and the question is – yeah, Brad Underwood talked about it after Marquette game. It was like their offense just can't be Terrence Shannon putting his head down and going to the basket. Now it it works because he's pretty successful doing it, but eventually, I mean, they they didn't beat Marquette because that was really all they had going for them offensively. Um, it's a point guard question, and they spent their entire off season with their eyes set on one guy in the transfer portal, and you know bypassed several other options at point guard that. I think would have helped them, and they, but they wanted Ray J. Dennis, and they didn't get Ray J. Dennis. Um, and I think at the end of that Marquette game, you saw like they needed someone. I mean, like a Tyler Kolek. There's not a lot of guys like Tyler Kolek because he's really good, but someone that could just take some of the responsibility off of Terrence Shannon. That could run an offense. Like I don't know, like run a set. See what happens. Good things happen. Like Kansas runs set, all kind. Like they run a set every play. And they're the number one team in the country. And they've got a great coach, Bill Self. Um, but I'm tested too. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's the the one thing I that I I would say is still a concern is like if it can't just be Terrence, then what else do you have offensively? Maybe it's Luke Goody. He's been really good the last three games. So Marcus Damask, what do you think of him? He's great against Marquette. Had his best game. Um, was not maybe as effective in these last two. Um, I think what he, the one thing he's sh- shown that I really like is when he gets the ball sort of the mid post and like posts up, uh, gets a mismatch and posts up a smaller guard. And he's got this little turnaround fadeaway, you know, in the sort of 10 footer and like he makes it like I do that more. Um, cause I think he's comfortable there. He may get that, you get that going. Then maybe he, He's a little more aggressive with the ball in his hands. They need him to like, – he's not Terrence Shannon quick, but, like, they need him to be a little better, you know, with the ball in his hands, trying to, you know, create some offense. And for for himself, if not for, for his teammates, just – he at least the last few games, like, he's picked up his dribble sometimes. Like, he gets a ball screen, and then he, pick, and he just picks up his dribble too soon, doesn't maybe press the advantage a little bit, you know, attacking the basket. and But – I mean, he's 23 years old. Um, he's been around the college game for a head, while. I mean, he's like a, a heady player. Like, he, he can be good for this team. And, like, if if my Luke Goody prognostication of being the number two scorer on the team doesn't come true, I think it'll be Marcus Damask. He's got the ability. He just needs to maybe show it all the time. All right, Jim Rasso would want me to get into some of the numbers now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do some of the numbers. What's with the bu- blue uniforms at home? Oh, that, and that's simple. It's just their record is so poor wearing those on the road that they're just trying to beef it up a little bit. Maybe maybe break the curse on them where it's like you just can't win in blue by wearing them at home and getting a dub. I don't know. Okay, so even that I, record. So, I don't know. I mean, I've never – I can't remember ever seeing them wear blue at home. I don't remember it in recent memory either, no. Uh, what about all the turnovers this year? I mean, that's that's a number that is, is concerning. And, you know, your Brad Underwood has said 
one that like he wasn't overly concerned about twenty one turnovers last night because of and, and like some of the injury stuff it was created weird lineups, but it was like Ty Rogers had two early. Marcus Damask had two early. Like it wasn't like against Marquette, like Terrence Shannon had five, Coleman Hawkins had five. That can never happen. Like your two best players can't turn it over ten times combined. Um but like last night everybody had two, essentially. Like, two turnovers each. Almost. Like the only, the, there was one player that played that didn't have a turnover, and it was AJ Red, and he played for one minute at the end of the game. Even you know Max Williams, the other walk-on that came in, like he had a turnover. Um, it's just, and it wasn't so much like Southern pressure early, kind of threw them out of sorts a little bit, but like they just were sloppy. They threw the ball away. Like that's my concern. Um, and like they had 15 turnovers against Marquette. They had. 13 I think against EIU and like 21 is certainly too many like I think you can live with like 12 but like single digits that's all that's always preferable yeah um, but, I, I would think so but like it's just yeah it's not so much defensive pressure it's just like making bad choices with the ball like and you know Terrence Shannon kind of brought that up last night after the game it's like like he understood it's like yeah just need to be smarter, make better decisions. Um, and when he says, like, they're going to address something, or he's going to address something, he usually does. And so I, I would imagine he'll rein himself in a little bit. So your basketball prediction record is pretty darn good this year. What, what's your secret secret on that? And what's the difference from maybe the F game uh, prediction re- uh, record? Well, I mean... Going five and zero oh in these five games, I didn't think was it was super challenged. Like they should have won the four they won, and I thought Mar- I mean I have Marquette number two on my ballot, so I think they're really good. And I was anticipating you know, a loss there. Um, so we'll see. I've, I'm giving myself a cushion for when like December could be wild because like I, I think it'll be a lot of close games and. Illinois should be in them all, but um, we'll see uh, how many they they win. All right. One more question along that line. What's your player power poll at this point? Well, I think number one is Terrence Shannon Jr., and, like, he's got – he's lapping the field almost at this point. He's just – he's proven why he's an all-Big Ten caliber guard and, you know, probably will be an All-American if he keeps playing like this by the end of the season. Uh, Number two is Luke Goody. I think he's been great for them. He's he's doing what they need him to do is make shots and rebound. And the last three games, he's done that really well. Um, number three, I think, could be any number of guys. Um, and that's I don't know if that's a concern, but it's just sort of what this team is is like it's just a lot of capable guys. But like I don't know if they have I don't know if they have a star other than Terrence Shannon. Um, but three, I think I'm going to go with Monty Hansberry. Like, again, that's another guy that's playing his role. Like, come off the bench, bring energy, rebound, make some shots. Um, like, he's he's embraced that. And I think as a freshman, like, that's, that's notable because, like, his role is going to vary a little bit. But, like, he – I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, like, he passes up Dane Danger in the rotation just because – He's just doing like he's doing what what is asked of him and doing it with his full effort. So he's he's played well. 
Jim Rasso wants to know, what's Robin cooking for Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, well, it's uh, a traditional a tr- traditional feast. Um, you know, turkey and stuffing, mashed potatoes, um, some vegetable, you know, a couple of vegetable dish as well, um, and pumpkin pie. I don't know, we just... We just, go, we just go pretty traditional. Stick with what the pilgrims had. That sounds like a good meal to me. Well, Scott, I guess we've reached the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for coming in. Have a great Thanksgiving. And we'll see you Friday over at State Farm Center for the, the next ball game. Thanks for filling in, Ed. Okay, I'm Ed Bond in for Jim Rosso. Hopefully he's back next week. And thanks for listening to Scott Ritchie's Basketball Podcast.